0: Radio with Tex and Liam from the Fresno Irons.
1: Hello, and welcome into another edition of the Bearded Bastards Radio here on American Hammers Network. This is your host of the Fresno Irons Tex. Joined with the man, the myth, the legend, some would call Han Solo, others would call Luke Skywalker. I prefer to refer to him as Chewbacca. That is the one and only Liam Bright. How are you today, oh, Liam? I'm
0: doing fantastic. Is it because I have black fingernails or is it because I'm a hairy beast?
1: Oh, uh, tad bit of both.
0: <laughs> tad bit of both. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> I'll be honest, I I was going to wear my Buffalo Bills jersey and hat oh, today just, just to give you a little bit of stick before going into this. Uh, but <laughs> how long I have felt, you been holding on to that shit? Honestly, because we hadn't recorded the last, what, like two weeks because of illnesses. We kind of both bounced back and forth. It was like I got sick, and then without even seeing you, you also got sick, which shows how we are birds of a feather. It's like we feel... <laughs> yeah. The 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 illnesses the the highs and lows that the other one feels but um it's I, and I, I reference this just because Kyle Tex is a uh, a big Kansas City Chiefs fan uh, correction massive massive sorry massive. massive Kansas City Chiefs fan I'm I'm originally from upstate New York and I was raised a Buffalo Bills fan and. We're typically awful. Kansas City's typically awful up until the last couple of years, which has really come into their own. And we had a little bit of banter over who was the best quarterback <laughs> in the league. So which, we, which you know is Mahomes. Yeah. So. Wh- which is funny. Cause how can you be the best and then still lose to the best? Oh, well, that's right. That's how that, that works. That's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting how, uh, how you want to play this, but it it, it, it was a, it was a fun little banter, but I figured I would not, uh, I have been holding on to it cause I wanted to keep that in my back pocket. Yeah, you but saved
1: it. Not even mentioned the pre-production. I now didn't. i didn't i
0: wanted to catch in 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 all the all your red cheeked glory as we go through this so uh but it is a pleasure to have to be back in the studio with uh really the the voice of reason on this show wow that's a bold-faced sarcastic uh, tone i've heard um to all of the
1: comments that you've just made this is what i think and that is the sound (laughs) of me breaking open the whiskey bottle uh we're sipping on a little uh Maker's Mark Ladula picked up a little special edition Maker's Mark. Um, 110 proof, but drinks like it's 75 proof. Not going to lie to you. (laughs) Um, Really enjoy this, big boy. So let's get a little clinky here, a little drinky poo. Uh, All right. So uh, down the hatch we go. Mm. Oh, it always smooth. It always goes down smooth. Well, it's been a minute since the last time we talked. Obviously missed a couple of weeks. Illnesses, uh, scheduling conflicts. So we apologize. We're still trying to do better. We should... uh we should be better, but uh, we're here on episode 10. So better late than never, we say. Um, so since we've seen you, West Ham have lost to Liverpool. 1-0, Darwin Nunez Darwin yeah. scored the fucking goal. And then West Ham, of course, became the better team in the second half. Never were able to put it in. Had a brilliant scramble late, and Suchek could have just toe-poked it in, but it didn't quite happen. So West Ham lose that game. Then we play... Sokoburg win that one in the Europa Conference League. One Neil. Then we have to head up to Old Trafford, and of course, um, West Ham United on the back foot lets a cross go in, and of course, Marcus Rashford slots in front of our defender and buries it. It was a beautiful goal. Beautiful it was a beautiful header. It was
0: a great header, and it was his hundredth goal for the club. So mm. when they were talking about oh he could score his hundredth, I was like he's gonna fucking score his hundredth because yeah. it's like it's us. Oh, God. So, and, and you did miss the 2-0 win over Bournemouth between the Anfield oh God, and dang. the Soca board game. Oh, yeah, so. that's
1: right. I forgot. Yeah, well, I'm so fed up with all the, uh, all the bullshit. But losing to Man United, back behind there, we did find a way to beat Bournemouth. That's kind of like dating your cousin. Of course, you're going to win that game. <laughs> um then West Ham played today. We're recording this on a Thursday. Um, the final game of the group stage in Europa conference league, West Ham go away with a three nil win against FCSB out of Romania. Um, it was a great game and I, it was. I have to eat something a little bit. Best player on the pitch was fucking four. <laughs> uh, Pablo Fornals had a beautiful goal, it was a great ball from Ben Johnson. That ball had to travel at least 60 yards through the air. Um, Fornals gets on the end of it. Of course, there's no VAR. Had there been VAR, I'm sure they would have found a way to d- rule it offsides. It didn't look offsides, I'm saying it was. He slots that home. Then one of our young guys, 18 years old, been with the club since I think he was eight years eight. old. Yes. Nuts. He uh Mumbapa. How do you say his name? So
0: it's it's Divin uh, Mubama.
1: Divin Mubama. Divin Mubama can't even say his name. Thought it was Umby Mbapa. <laughs> I'm gonna struggle with that one for forever because we all know I'm a redneck hick from Texas. Uh, so West Ham, get, he gets a goal. It deflected in, but I was happy to see them give him the goal. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, fucking Fornals <laughs> uh, gets on the end of a rebound and he buries it home. Had a little work to do. Keeper was coming out. Two guys on the line. Still found a way to get in. Give West Ham a clear. Um, easy victory, and after that, I love what David Moyes did. Let's let all the young kids play. Yes. We got to see every young kid that we have, any name you've heard of. I think by the end of it, nine of the 11 players on the pitch seemed like they weren't. I know it's only five that got to come on, but it was such a awesome thing to see all that youth get on from our academy, um, kind of get a quick look at what we have, and I think you and I can both say it looked
0: good. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting, right? Because we've seen we've seen talented players leave for other clubs either because they're pursuing more playing time or uh, they just feel like they've run their course uh, at West Ham. So it was really nice that you saw when uh, Mubama scored his goal, all of the academy players that were ah uh, that were still on the touchline run over and embrace him. So you could really see what it meant for those kids to to have a clear line of sight to reaching those first team minutes. I mean, we've seen obviously with Declan rice with Ben Johnson uh, more recently with Harrison Ashby with Connor Coventry. I want to say David Moyes has bled more Academy players into first team minutes than any other manager. So when you really take that in consideration, it really shows why we are the Academy of football and to be able to get these kids minutes. I think by the end of the match, it was what it was like areola um, a Gaird, Ogbana, and Lanzini were the only ones left on the pitch that were still like first t- traditional first team players. Everybody else out there was Academy. And I, that speaks volumes because I didn't feel like there was a significant drop off either. I thought they still held their own couple, couple of hairy opportunities towards the, towards the end there. But all in all, I really thought they held it down uh, incredibly well against a team that we should beat three nil, even on our worst day.
1: Well, that's the thing. I think we had three goals within 60 minutes of that match. Um, 65, I can't remember exactly when the third one was scored. But West Ham were dominant. I I do want to mention a player that... All of us were really excited. We made the signing. Obviously, the injury has postponed his debut, um, which I think is getting closer by the day, and that's a Gaird. Yeah. Um, I thought a gaird looked really good. He had one hell of a sliding block mm-hmm. late in that game. I do think Ariola had it covered. I will admit that. Um, but nonetheless, just the awareness... Um, to know where to be at the right time to slide and get that block so you don't give them a cheap goal late in the game um, and to preserve the clean sheet. I think that's big for the psyche. Um, Areola, I thought, played very well today. I'm, I really think he's about to be the first team yeah. keeper overall. I think it's just a matter of time. But I, I really liked what I saw. And I think it's worth noting we are the only team in the Europa Conference League that went six out of six. In our group stage, which means everybody else, uh, we're at the top of that mountain. Everybody else is going to have to come. So that gives us a nice draw for the next round. We know we're going to be in a good position, uh, from there, but, I have to look at the Premier League fixtures, Liam, right. because no offense to Europa Conference League. I think when you're looking at the Europa or the Europe leagues and all, obviously the Champions League sits at the top. Europa is the one behind it. This is a third tier competition to me, and it's not. I, I am that guy. I don't value the Europa League trophy. If, if we have to come and say we won the Europa League trophy, yeah, and I'll I'll take all the stick I can. It doesn't excite me. The Europa League excites me because there's a ticket into the Champions League. Right. And I've I've been very adamant on this show. You go, what's your dream? Why do you love Western United? I want to see us in the Champions League.
0: Right. Like, that's what I want to
1: see. I want to see us go up against Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich. Uh, I want to see those games. Yeah. You know, Dortmund. I think that would be awesome to see that happen. Um, So that is my personal want for West Ham United. But when I look at the Premier League fixtures, since we've spoken, a loss to Liverpool. We beat Bournemouth, which I said is like kissing your cousin. There's nothing great about that. (laughs) And then a loss to Manchester United. Now, aggregate, it was 2-2. But we come away in three games with three points. Right. Okay. That's not what the investment in this team um, should be there should be more points there at the best. I mean, at the worst four. at the best, obviously nine, right. But should have been between four and nine. We ended up with three. This team has spent money to not be a top 10 team. It's to be a top six. They spent top six money. They expect to be in the top six. So this question is going to get begged and I'm going to ask it, but I'm going to go first and I'm going to answer. I'm going to show sure. you what I think. Cause I can already see the twinkle in your eye, but I'm going to ask as David Moyes taken West Ham United, as far as he's capable of doing. Well, to me, I think that answer might be yes right now. And I'm going to tell you why. When we play top six sides, we should be competing with the squad that we have. We're not. In fact, we are setting up the team in a way like, uh, like old managers have not to lose. And we're losing games. One, nil we're playing defensive. And then when we have to go for it, it's always too little, too late. And we don't come away with anything. We need to have, we have a squad that can play on the front foot. We have attackers that our attacking force is a top six, top seven attacking force that anybody could have in the Premier League. Skamaka was coveted by multiple clubs around the world, including multiple clubs in the Premier League, and we got him. And we're not utilizing that. Um, Paqueta is now on our squad. I know he's injured. Bowen, maybe he hasn't lived up to the hype this year, but we know what he's capable of. We've seen it in the past. Ben Arama, this is his best season in the West Ham shirt. I mean, it clearly is. We know Fornells, fucking (laughs) Fornells, is going to hustle his ass off. He's going to send multiple balls in the feet of the defender, but one will find its way through. And he always, he's kind of a little bit of a fox in the box sometimes, and he finds the way to get on the end of the ball. Then we have Antonio, who have. You, Nostradamus Liam, said, let Skamaka go out there first for 60 to 70 minutes and then bring Antonio on and let him run those center backs ragged at the end of a game when they're already tired and it's already proven to have dividends. Um, He scored a goal in that role. He continually causes pressure. I thought he was arguably the best player on the pitch when he came on against Manchester United. He clearly caused a lot of problems against Liverpool. It just got unlucky a couple of times, unable to find the net, but I'm going to say this. David Moyes is a good manager, but good managers finish seventh, eighth, ninth. If we want to take this club further, where I expect us to be, we need a manager that's not going to be afraid to set up an attacking force. And I went back and I looked at how we've performed under David Moyes against the top six sides. We've had some success. But you remember, you play 12 games a year against the supposed top six, right? right? We need to be winning five to seven of those matches every year to be where I think we want to be. We're more like winning one to three, and we're drawing one to two. So we're not stealing the points from those sides that we need to steal. And one, you know, one year, you know, we sweep Chelsea. We beat them home and away, and we get six points off those guys. That same year, we didn't have any other top six wins.
0: Well, Liverpool, we did.
1: Oh my bad. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it was we, we yeah. beat Liverpool. We won three against the top six. Yeah, and so it's a frustration for me of where this team is right now and where I believe it should be with the investment that's put into the squad. And I understand there's been injuries, but you as the manager have to prepare for all contingencies. Sure.
0: So I I won't discount what you're saying. And I feel like a lot of the times when we have these types of discussions, I'm usually going to be like, you're dead fucking wrong and let me tell you why you suck at doing this. And that's usually like the, the place... I don't disagree with a lot of the points that you've made because they are valid points. I mean, we all see the results. We and this is a results-based business at the end of the day. I think where we de- need to take some things into consideration is that we are still not the squad even with the investment that we put in this year because remember this is this is a an anomaly for West Ham United. We have never ever seeing this type of investment in a single transfer window, seeing this many people brought in, the type of money and the quality of player that's brought in. And with the quality of player, it also takes time for these players to settle in. And because of the injuries that we've dealt with so far this season, Moyes has alluded to this early on where he didn't have sometimes even a single first choice center back. I want to say in... The the Man City game we had wasn't it Kurt Zuma and Ben Johnson were the center back pairing that we had and and yeah it sucks that we lost that game but we've seen Erling Holland score a freaking hat trick against Manchester United and then Phil Foden was like you know what I'll have a one two I'll have what he's having and they freaking like bury some of these teams so you can see where. This has been a little bit of a a growth season for us, even though, yes, this is technically like the third season that Moise has had in charge, or the second two and a half seasons that he's had in charge again. But you've got to take in consideration that injuries are going to play a part in how we game plan for these teams, and you cannot play on the front foot when you do not have first choice on your back foot. So if you're leaving people like Kara, who basically, once he signed, was immediately shooed into that back line because we had no other choice. We had no other center backs. So it was literally like, well, here, here's your center back, here's Kara, And I think we almost had to play with a back three where it was like Kara, Ben Johnson, or not even Ben Johnson. It was Kara, Sufal on the right, and uh, Cresswell on the left. And that was our three at the back. That's not a first choice for any team in the, in the Premier League. And that's not to say they're not good players. They are all good players, but not in that type of setup. And you can't go out and attack on the front foot. And I see this all the time on Twitter where people are like, oh, we're not attacking. We're too defensive. Moyes is too defensive. You have to be. You cannot go on the front foot from the minute one when you do not have a solid back line and then immediately go down two and three goals and then you're chasing the rest of the game. Look at what happened to us against Brighton. You can't allow those things to happen. If you're, if, if you're going to play the way that Moyes plays, the way that these players are set up to play currently, you have to be able to be compact in the midfield and in the defense, and then allow ourselves to counter, to play through the lines, or play balls from the wings into the box to try to get some of the height that we have to put it in the back of the net. When you look specifically at the Liverpool game, if Bowen makes that penalty, this is a different conversation, right? That's a draw at Anfield, and that's a very valuable point, especially against a struggling Liverpool team that... With a single, with one more win, we're ahead of them on, on on points. So you take that in consideration. Bournemouth, yeah, we should win that one every day of the week. Man, you, I looked at it a very different way. We don't have Paquetta, which I think changes a little bit of the dynamic on the pitch, and we play with Downs in part of that midfield three. So we've got the double pivot, and he's your your center attacking mid to some degree. What he played more of when we were not in possession possession was a second striker. So we were set up more as a four-four-two. And what what really benefited us and it really hurt Manchester United, which was why they couldn't get the 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 uh number of shots on goal that they would typically have against a side like us was because they had to constantly play back and forth across their center backs with either Skamaka going forward or downs going forward, playing as that second striker, causing Casemiro to have to drop, drop back and almost create a back three. And then as they tried to play out to the wings, to their fullbacks, like they typically do, you had Benrama and you had Bowen pressuring those wings as well. So they were forced to play long balls, which Sue and rice had great interception stats in that match. If you go back and look at the number of times that they were able to get their, get ahead on the ball and get it back into our possession, it was crazy. It was much better than what we've seen in the past. So I think while Moyes did set up defensively, he also set up to stymie a Manchester United team that was on, that was on the come up. They've definitely had a lot of successive wins to the point where they are being seen as another top four contender. Whereas the last two seasons, they were lucky to barely make it in the top six. I mean, it was down to game day, Last year, if they hadn't beat Palace, we'd have we've ended up in sixth. So I think... No, they didn't beat Palace. If we'd have beat Brian. Oh, Brighton, that's what it was, yeah. If we'd
1: have beat Brian, because they lost to Palace. They lost their way into sixth, then we lost, lost our way wait, into seventh.
0: Yeah, so th- so it was literally, you know, down to the death before making that type of decision. And I think if we're in sixth, right, it's a different conversation as well. We're not Europa, Europa Conference. We're in the Europa League. And to your point, you would value Europa League over Conference, but you'll definitely value champions league above all.
1: Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. It's just, it's, it's frustration because then you sit there and you say, you know, Oh, Flynn downs is playing at this second striker. Like, well, that to me is like, you got Antonio on the bench. That's going to be way better in that role. Now, is Antonio going to be able to play defense like Flynn downs? No, he's a forward thinking player, but, and and I understand that, but it's, it's so frustrating to, let them come onto us that the way that we do, and it just seems, and maybe, look, I did not play soccer in high school. I played American football, and I'm sorry I called it soccer. I didn't play football. <laughs> I played American football here in the States, and so I'm not going to sit here and act like I know the ins and outs of the X's and O's of the game, but what I am going to say is that my eyes tell me when I watch us play top-six team, we play conservative until they score. And then the moment they score, then we start to try and get back into the game. And it's frustrating because I want to be the team that gets the goal first. And I feel like the way that we play, if they never score, we're never going to attack. It just seems like we're okay with a point when we play those sides. And if we want to be a top six side, you have to compete with the top six. One of them has to go because you're trying to take their spot. And that that's what's so frustrating for me is because I look at Liverpool this year, and Liverpool aren't what they are. I, Liverpool is understanding right now the mistake they made of not keeping Sadio Mane happy. They know that now, okay. And I think Salah, who was looked at as the best player in the Prem for a while, is understanding that a big part of the reason he was as successful as he was is because he had Sadio Mane. Yep. Okay. And so that's happening. So Liverpool is wounded if you will or fi- they're still figuring it out and you got to take advantage of that moment you have to Manchester United yes they've won some games they have not played the schedule we have played
0: no not they at all they
1: have not it's not even no, close no. so what does Manchester United do what do what do good teams do they win the games they're supposed to win right we don't do that so we have to find a way to make it up. There's been too many moments and maybe I'm wrong to blame Moyes, But at the end of the day, the manager's got to ask, and you said it earlier, it's results based business. The results don't match the investment. They don't match the expectation. And expectation is what gets people fired. Right. Right. They're like, we'll agree with that. So David Moyes is a good manager. And I'm, Incredibly thankful for what he's given West Ham United. But I am starting to wonder if he's taken us as far as he can go. He has to show me as a manager that he can be adaptable. Greatest manager in English football history, Sir Alex Ferguson. Never, like he constantly changed the way he played. He evolved with the game. And I'm not sure David Moyes has that ability. And that's what scares me, Liam.
0: See, I would... I. The only reason I disagree w- w- in, in that regard is that it was a different game for a good majority of what Sir Alex Ferguson had to deal with versus the what the game is now. And when you look at what David Moyes has been able to do, and I, I, I want to say it's a recent. It was a video clip that recently came out came out with like uh, Jose Mourinho, right? Not really anybody's favorite manager, <laughs> 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 but he had a very interesting point where he said, "Look." you're not going to teach Cristiano Ronaldo how to head the ball. You're not going to teach him how to take a corner, how to take a free kick. You're going to teach them how to act as a group. And when you look at the the early episodes that you and I did under underneath when it was uh, Pellegrini, and we talked about the rot that was in the locker room, the rot that was in the club. You don't have that. You don't have that anymore. That is not a talking point that we have about this West Ham squad. And with all the investment and all the new bodies that had come in, you knew there were going to be some conflicting personalities, but there still isn't that, that tension that we'd had in the past. You still see players laughing and joking around and like, yes, there are the little clicks here or there, right? Like you've got the English players that kind of click. You've got the Czech boys, you've got the Academy players, you've got the French speakers. So yeah, there are, to some degree, there are clicks, but there's still the camaraderie, has the entirety of the group and nobody on that, on that team ever throws anybody else under the bus. They are always like, look, we win and we die as a team. Like this, this is the way that we exist. And I think with David Moyes, he's been able to bring that back to the club. Like this is the um, uh, um, Ron Greenwood. This is the John Lyle era of, of West Ham United where there, there was a team that just felt cohesive and to your point, what you see with Liverpool is not a team that's cohesive. What you see with Manchester United, with the issues that they'd had with Cristiano Ronaldo, um, with the the uh, friction between him and Ten Hag, the uh, Chelsea just losing 4-1 to Brighton, like at home too, wasn't it? It was, it was nuts. And you look at games like that where teams just gel, they just find it. And that's a Brighton team that just lost their coach to Chelsea. And they're still able to pull out that type of win. So you you have these teams that on their day can be on fire. And you've got these other teams that they're going to struggle probably when they shouldn't. Liverpool, most other years, is going to beat us 3-0 easy. But it was a hard-fought 1-0 victory for them. And they walked away like Blessing them, like counting their blessings, because that was a game that they, by all means, should have lost. Manchester United, same thing. Couple of balls bounce our way, we win that match easily. And I think that's the difference. Is there? I'm, I'm so used to us being played off the pitch, and it was like miracle moments, like the last game at the Bolin when we beat Manchester United three to two. You have those miracle moments, but they're one in a million. These are games that week after week. It's so hard-fought and so close-knit that I feel like we are on the cusp. I feel like this is still a building year for us, especially after this investment, where I don't think he's taken us as far as we can go. And I think it's not it's not Moyes that is failing us right now. It's the players that are failing us. It is them not putting the ball in the back of the net. It is them not not recognizing... The, that slip pass, not recognizing when uh skamaka is on the far side of the center backs and can get in the box if you just put the ball where it needs to be where S- su toe pokes it but uh um What's his face? For I think income? it's
1: Dushan Mandic. He plays for Liverpool. His name is Dushan Mandic. Mandic. That's yeah, right. Dushan Mandic.
0: Like just getting, getting that last-minute tackle to get the ball away. Same thing with Manchester United. Bowen should have slot that home easy, but it bounces off Harry Maguire's calf and goes out of bounds for a corner. Those are the instances that happen where if the ball bounces just a little bit different, or if our guy is just there a half a step faster... It makes all the difference. And I, I just think it's fine margins that we're not winning these games. So I think when we as we get closer to this, this World Cup break because we don't have a ton of players that are going out, I think you will see more camaraderie. You will see more gelling within the group because the players that we do have going away, like Declan Rice, uh, Lucas Paqueta, and Tilo Kara are already seasoned players. Those guys are already, when they're on the pitch, probably some of the best players for both teams that are that are on the green at that moment. So I'm not super worried about them not being present during this period, but it will allow your guys like Skamaka to be able to figure out how to play off of Bowen, off of Ben Rama, off of Fornells, if they're going to play two striker system with Antonio in the late dying minutes of a game to try to go for that win or go for that draw, I think we will see more cohesion within this group. So tell me this, obviously um,
1: it's going to be weird. Cause we have a world cup in the middle of the premier league season. We're starting to get healthy. Yeah. Okay. Um, barring anything crazy at the world cup with any of our boys that are going to be there. When we come back from the World Cup break, this squad should be at full strength, you know, barring anything that happens, right? Do you think it's going to be a much different West Ham when we come back?
0: I think it'll be a, like I said, a, a more cohesive group. I think we will have a better game plan. I think we've seen flashes of what Moyes would like to do with this four three three in possession, four, four, two out of possession. Uh, and I think if you don't have downs and instead you have Paquetta because you have your first choice, Paquetta plays more of that Jesse Lingard role that we saw when he was on with us for loan. Like he plays more of that false number 9 he plays you know a hybrid role attacking midfielder second striker which i think will play really well off Skamaka. we've already talked about their link up play and how well they 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 how well they're gelling together as an attacking unit and because we haven't had first choice center backs at the beginning of the season then we start losing our midfield options this is where it does start to get a little bit hairy so allowing these players to all get healthy they don't have this hectic schedule that we've dealt with we've played more games than any team in the prem every team we've played more games our, our players are they're more tired there's no two ways about it our guys are more tired than any other team in the prem so i but we have a bit more depth now and as you have people getting healthier we're going to see a much stronger squad coming out of the world cup
1: man i god dude i want to know what you're drinking i really Body. do i'm having maker's mark right now <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm not sold. It's going to happen. Um, I'm not sold. It's going to be the same thing because I, I think, you know, you mentioned like the balls got to bounce our way a little bit. Well, to me, luck is when hard work meets effort. Right. And I, sometimes I wonder, sometimes I wonder, are we putting in enough work and we're giving enough effort? Um, it's just maybe I'm, I've got, I'm a glass half empty full, Today. And I'm I'm sorry about that, but it's am glass half empty. I just think West Ham United, where they're sitting right now, is it's it seems like we're a mile off the pace of where we should be. And that's a long way. There's so much that we have to make up for that we screwed up with in the first part of the season. We fucking lost to Forest. <laughs> like that still bothers me. Yeah. When I think about it, because Forest is shit. And we lost to them. Like, I. it's just, it's so embarrassing. It's like, it's like somebody finding out that, you know, you're going out with somebody that everybody knows the village's bicycle and they find out, they catch you on the date with them. And you're like, oh shit. Like, it's embarrassing to lose that game. And I, I don't think I've gotten over the embarrassment of fucking that.
0: But even that match, remember was, we hit the crossbar like three times, you know, and, uh, the We got the goal chalked off because they said Antonio influenced the play by running into the center back that stepped over in the path of Antonio's run. So like not even trying to block the ball, just purely only blocking the runner, which should never be a foul. So you've got a call going against us in that one, which if one of the balls that goes off the post goes in, we win that game at least 2-1. You look at uh, the Chelsea game, which Cornet has the the header that goes off the post, and then he has the goal that's also chalked off. So if the balls bounce our way or the the, the calls go our way, we win that one four three. That's an additional six points right there. Bowen buries the penalty against Liverpool. That's a point. That's a, a point that we get. Suchek, the the tackle doesn't go in on him, and he gets the ball in. Uh, Southampton where we drew one one. That toe going over the line gets called and then that goal gets chalked off or the ref calls a dead play when he realizes that he blocked Bowen from being able to intercept the pass. Same thing. We win that game one nil. They also call the um, penalty. If they they had actually called the penalty on Suchak where the defender has literally got his arms wrapped around Suchak's waist and is lifting him into the air and basically suplexing him on the ground. Any other team that happens to is absolutely a penalty. But for us, they, they fucking let it slide. So I think... It's the inconsistency of the calls, and you and I, in our red card and yellow card assessments, have called out the the professional referee organization (PRO) in those moments because there has not been that consistency. And yes, I get that it affects every team. It's not just us. It's not like we're the redheaded stepchild of the Sometimes of the Premier it feels League. Feels like we are, though. It for sure is. Maybe we're the claret and blue stepchild of the <laughs> of the Premier League. But I get it. Some of these calls just haven't gone our way. They haven't gone other teams' ways as well. But if they do, it's a very different season, and I feel like it's a very different conversation versus what we've had, because we've seen the potential of what we are able to do in the Europa Conference League. And as much as you say, like, well, that's not really the stiffest con- competition, sure, it's not, but there are still good teams. And when you look at the success we had in, Euro- in Europa League last year, where we only, well lost one out of the six group stage matches that we played... So that's not a far cry. When
1: we played our all our backups because it was the
0: last game of the group stage. Yeah, yeah. So you you look at that compared to this season, you go, yeah, I mean, this was another instance where, yeah, maybe the competition's not as stiff as what we deal with with the Premier League, but it's still getting those results. And it's not just a bunch of draws and maybe a win. It's very soundly getting those wins, getting to a semifinal after not being in Europe for years. This These are the things that, our progression that do show me that Moise is doing more, that the team is gelling, that we are able to achieve more. It just takes time and it takes a little bit of luck.
1: You listen to a lot of Tony Robbins, don't you?
0: Fuck that guy. I don't listen to (laughs) a goddamn (laughs) word he has to say. The giant behemoth of a man. His fucking chin is bigger than my chest bone.
1: Well, this is what always cracks me up about Tony Robbins is it's very clear you just intimidate people to get what you need. Fuck. You're huge. Yeah.
0: You're just a massive mountain of a man. That'd be like if you put Andre the Giant as like a public speaker and you're like, oh, I'm surprised people listen to him. Like, I'm not. He'll fucking smother (laughs) him.
1: Oh man, I You know, look, I want to be wrong. I really do. I really honestly want to be wrong. But I am struggling right now to see what you're saying. I know, I know that you're smarter on this stuff than I am. And I'm not saying that to discredit myself. It's just if we were talking NFL football, you would it'd, oh, be, the, yeah. it'd be the opposite. But yeah. we're talking we're talking football. Yeah, yeah, And because of that, I I know that you bring up some good points, and I know that there's been a shitload of bad luck. But part of me goes to the Dana White line from the USC. It's like don't leave it up to the judges. Yeah, fucking bury that shit and 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 get it done. And that's what I feel like we do. Sometimes we're leaning on a rule a a rule that is so obscure in the rule book that the referees are fuzzy on it. So they don't call it the right way. And then we get fucked. And then we're all sitting there yelling about what could have been when the reality is there was six other chances we should have buried. Yeah. And we didn't. And, and, and that's where my, my problems coming in and maybe it is the players letting Moyes down. But at the end of the day, Moyes are going to be up the one to answer. He's going to have to be the one to pay the piper. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where it is. And so with, all this with Moyes, and obviously we've gone six for six in Europa Conference League. We're starting to get healthy. We talked ad nauseum at the beginning of the season. So I think this brings up this question. I think it's a valid point. And I'm going to let you answer this first because um, I have an idea of it, but I know that you probably have a better one on this because now we're getting into the, the actual X's and O's of the game. What do you believe is West Ham's best formation moving forward? We like to say we were doing best 11, but I think we're kind of uniform on that with maybe one or two things. And those two guys are so, you know, it's like Ben Arama or Fornells. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and it's like this, it's like Dawson or Garrett. You know, like, what are you going to do? Right now, Dawson's probably clearly the best center back choice that we have. But now Garrett's back in there. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. So let's ask a new question here. What do you believe is West Ham United's best formation?
0: Gotcha. So I would say probably what we were executing against Manchester United, that hybrid 4-3-3 and attack, 4-4-2 out of possession. So where you're pressuring the center backs, you're not allowing them to comfortably play out of the back because that is a lot of teams now in the Prem. You see a lot more teams trying to play out of the back, ourselves included. Uh, and when you have a double pivot that has the height advantage and the technical uh, agility like Declan Rice and Thomas Suchek to be able to intercept those long balls, those long passes. And when you have center backs that are very aggressive, that are able to tower over your attacking players like a Dawson, like an a Gaird, like Kurt Zuma, if you had, I think we did ask, talk about this earlier in the, in the season. And I would have said, I would have said a five, two, three, Now, I would say that 4-3-3 works a little bit better for me. The only change, ultimately, that I make is that instead of Flynn Downs, Lucas Paqueta is there because he is, to what you were saying, Downs was great from a defensive standpoint, but he was lacking that finish, that acumen in the attack. Right, We've seen him in the box with a ball and just skies it or puts it wide. He just doesn't have that same type of flair for the finish. That Lucas Paqueta has, so I think you put Paqueta in that role or back in that role as soon as he's healthy, which it should be that he's back now for for Palace, and I I fully believe that that is the lineup, and whether you have Skamaka or Antonio up top, whether you have Ben or fornals, whether you have Cresswell or Emerson, whether it's Johnson or Soufal. I feel like there it's it's fine margins between some of these players at this point and it just depends on what team you're playing and and how you how it's going to be best suited to to beat them. But it's great to have a plan B in which case you can either maintain the same formation and make minute changes or your plan B is cool, now we're going to go to a back 3 so we can have the wing backs push a little bit more forward. But I think that 4-3-3 for me is is the most solid setup that we're probably going to see with the players we have available. But I'm interested for you, do you do you see similar or do you have a different viewpoint on this?
1: I I honestly think I'm going to go back to what I said at the very beginning and and what I, you know, and I think I said in episode two, I, I believe our best formation is a back three. I think now that a Garrett is coming into being healthy, I think we're going to see the three players he wants back there, which I believe it'll be a Garrett, Dawson, and... I, I honestly think it'll be bana or Zuma as that other one I could see a rotation there um but I I think it's a back three because I think our best players that we have available it would be to the benefit to play like a three five two three four with a you know three four four or I mean three four three yeah, yeah three yeah. four three or or something to that nature because of what we have available and you know, the best players got to play, so it's the you know it's age old question: chicken before the egg, egg you know, or whatever. But you have to say, as a manager, am I going to put my best guys on the pitch and run a formation that allows me to get the majority of them on, or am I going to run this system and make my players fit into the system? I think both ways work, and I'm not saying one's better than the other. But I think if you're David Moyes, you've been when you're reading the tea leaves and everything they did in the off season clearly wants to move to a back three clearly does, you know, the, from what he went to buy, buying athletic center backs that can cover ground. So if you're going out and you're getting those type of players, well, you're, you want a back three and you are getting guys that can run the wings that can run hard and go. And then you're, you're buying creative players that can run, that can run the ball through the middle and then you go by a guy who is a straight finisher in Skamaka. So, and a guy that can do both things. He can shoot it from distance. He can get his head on the ball and he can get himself in a good spot for a cross. So you bought a very talented striker with guys that can get the ball to him from the wings and guys that can feed it to him through the middle. I just look at that and think, I mean, that's where he wants to go. So I think that, is going to be our best formation because that's who we have available. Do I think that's what I personally want to see? No, I like, I like a back four personally. I've always preferred a back four, but I like the four, three, three approach. Cause I'm comfortable with it. And I feel like we've played that a lot lately. And so yeah. I feel like we're real comfortable in that. But I think Moyes has been attempting to go back through. We saw him attempt to do it early in the year. Didn't have the center backs to do it. Had guys getting out of position, getting too far forward and guys like Ben Johnson and even Cresswell got caught out a couple of times. So you kind of look at it and maybe that's our best formation, but this is the thing I'm going to end it with. I don't know if we know. And that (laughs) sucks. That is so frustrating for me to say that, I, it it feels like Moyes wants to go to a back three. I feel we're most comfortable in a back four. <laughs> Fuck, man. I don't know what he really wants to do. And I hate that that's how I feel. Like, I really do.
0: So I would I would caveat that and say it's to a slight benefit to not know because it makes it that much harder for the opposing team to set up in a way that will stymie what we're doing. Because let's be honest, after the last two seasons where we've had so much success, other teams don't just come out and just play their way. They have to play to stop what we're doing because they've seen how effective we are with random wins over Liverpool, knocking Manchester United and Manchester City out of the um, out of the cup run last season. Like we have had, we've had success against these teams, not always in the Premier League, but in other competitions as well. And it has shown other teams that they do need to fear and respect us. That we aren't just that pushover team of old that maybe you have one star player that, that that on their day can make all the difference. Now we have multiple star players that can do that. So it's for me, if I'm an opposing coach, I'm far more worried about, okay, are they going to line up as a back three? Are they going to line up as a back five? Are they going to be a back four? Is it going to be maintaining the double pivot? Are they going to overwhelm the midfield? Like, how do I best prepare for this especially if they don't have if they haven't spent the finances that we have or they don't have the squad depth that we have because we can now bring in five players off the bench and completely change the complexity of the game we can change we can change exactly what the tactics are going to be whereas a lot of other teams and i in seasons past i would have complained about a five uh a five five man availability for substitutions but now that we have that squad depth I enjoy it because it doesn't just play to the big guys. Now it kind of plays to our favor as well.
1: I hope you're right because guess what? We have a London Derby this Sunday at 6 a.m. as we take on Palace at the London Stadium. We get them at home. Obviously, that means... Zaha and his bitch assness will be out there. Another episode of bitches on pitches is expected in our next episode. Oh yes. And they also have another player that was linked with us that is still growing and becoming a very dangerous player in Eze. Yeah. So big game for West Ham United. Um, It's a London Derby. It's a team palace who I think palace are playing very well this year. Um, I think Patrick Vieira's really got he's got this team going are they going to be a threat to the top six most likely not no but they're going to be in probably in the top side of the table I think you know 10th ninth is probably where they'll end up but nonetheless they are a dangerous dangerous side for anybody because they have a couple of really creative players that can make their own space and they can find a goal so looking at this um this this uh Sunday coming up at 6 a.m for us out here on the west coast, 9 a.m. for you, lucky fucks over there on the West, on the east coast. Um, kind of looking at this. What do you think is the projected starting eleven? And we'll throw it in. What do you think formation Moyes is going to play in this one?
0: So I think he does stick with the with the 3 that we've seen uh, a little bit more frequently. Obviously, having played Areola today in the Europa Conference, that obviously means that Fabianski will be in goal. Uh, if everybody is back, fit, and healthy as we expect, I would imagine that back four is going to be Kara, Dawson, Zuma, and uh, Cresswell. Uh, you're going to have your double pivot with Rice and uh, uh, Suchek. Ahead of him, you'll have Paqueta. On your wings, you're going to have um, Bowen and Benrama, and then you'll have Skamaka in the center. And I I, I do think he goes with Benrama because he didn't even travel for... The, uh, neither did Bowen or Rice... For uh the Europa League match today. So I think he wants these guys just fit, healthy, ready to rock and roll because we've seen Crystal Palace be a little bit of a banana peel team for us. Yeah. Uh not always where we lose, but it ends up being a stupid bullshit come from behind draw where we give up points. On the plus side, they won't have Con- Connor Gallagher this season. Thank so God. yeah. So at least we don't have to worry about him being that playmaker like he was uh last season. Uh, but I do still think this will be this will be a difficult game for us. But I fully expect us to win it. Win it with having first choice positions pretty much across the board. What about for you?
1: Uh, I think you're right on the back line. You had uh, Ben Johnson in the back line. Karra, because right?
0: Johnson played today. Yeah. So, so you had
1: Johnson. So you had Karra,
0: Dawson, uh, Zuma, Zuma Cresswell.
1: Cresswell. Um, I, I agree with that. Um, as much as I, it pains me to to say it. I think Karra is clearly the best right back that we have, obviously Cresswell is unfortunately still the best left back that we have. Um, you know, I kind of look at it. I think the back line fabs will be in goal, have those back four double pivot, but going forward, I think it may change. Um, I do think Skamaka will start the way Fornals now's today. And I understand that he played and he almost played the majority of the game. He played about, I think 65, 70 minutes. We all know how Moyes feels about Ben He yeah. he's, he's up and down with him. I wouldn't be shocked to see Fornals start. So I'm going to say Fornals gets the start. He scored two goals. He's feeling it right now. I do think Bowen is the other player. If Paqueta is fit, I think he plays as well. If Paqueta is not fit... I mean that's where things get interesting. Do you plug ben Arama in his preferred position, which is where he wants to be, and you go for now's Benarama, Bowen and Skamaka up front, or do you give a shout to Lanzini to go at it again?
0: But Lanzini played all ninety today, so I probably don't think. I think Lanzini is like fourth choice midfielder right, right feel, now. It feels that way. Um, I actually think he goes with Downs you think back it'll be Flynn back Downs? In. I think it'll be Flynn Downs because I do think he likes the availability in cover where if Suchek's going forward then downs falls back and becomes and becomes the second part of that double pivot same thing rice moves forward down uh, allows himself to drop back a little bit uh and downs only played i want to say like 65 minutes today i think he was one of the first substitutions so i i would say if he if Paqueta is not available it will probably be downs i think with fornals being the hot hand i still think he goes benrama but I think Fornells is the first person off the bench.
1: Yeah, I I think he's going to go Fornells. I think he loves Fornells. I think he has a Fornells tattoo that he has never told us about. I was going to say about. the same thing. He definitely yeah, does. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I... <laughs> fucking Fornells. As much as I want to shit on the guy, you watch interviews of him, he fucking loves playing for West Ham United. Yep. Yep. And it, it's, it's tough to hate him sometimes. He does some bonehead shit on the pitch, but then... I've never really seen him make a mistake and we actually pay for it. I always feel like he hustles back and makes up for Mm -hmm. his mistake. It's just frustrating because sometimes we have the ball in really great positions and then he sends it into the feet of somebody or he does a fucking Fournals thing.
0: But And uh, to be fair, Ben Rama does the same thing. We had that great breakaway against Man U, and he, like, tried to do a hold-up play. And I'm like, dude, you either needed to drive through and shoot or you needed to slip pla- slip past Bowen because he's coming in on your right-hand side. Like, you know he's coming in. Like, how do you not play that? So there's times where when I'm doing, like, the fucking Fournals, I'm also like, god damn, Benny. Like, this, that's my other one. Yeah, where.
1: You know, we're, bat the bastard Benny. Yeah,
0: son of a bitch Benny. <laughs>
1: oh, I like that one more. Uh, so basically, we're we're pretty we're pretty aligned. I do think Nows will get the start. I really do believe that. Fornals has a, a never ending tank of gas, so I, I, I just I don't think him playing today is going to stop him from starting on Sunday. Um, I think it's really just going to be up to Moyes. I do, I do think that if he doesn't start it, is Benny, but. I, I, I think we're going to see Fornell start that match.
0: If you had your preference, though, say Paquetta is out, would you prefer to do Benrama Fornells or would you prefer to do Downs and either Fornells and Benny?
1: Because Skamaka's up front and needs service, I would rather have Benny on the pitch um, than Downs. And the reason why is because Benrama has proven on multiple times this year he can create a chance. Yeah. And we're struggling to score goals in the Premier League. We need every chance we can get. Uh, I think Downs is g- ultimately going to be the better player in time. He's, yeah. I mean, he's still fucking, what is he 23? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's young. Um, I think Downs is ultimately got the higher ceiling, but he's a defensive-minded player. There's no getting around that. And Ben Arama's a forward-thinking player. And if you go, what a West Ham need right now, it's not really to kink. Clean sheets, even though that would be nice. We need to start scoring fucking goals. I think I think we've played eleven matches and we scored like nine goals. Yeah, like we don't even average a goal a game or something. Yeah. Like it, it's bad. We got to put balls in the net.
0: But if you go and look, and I, I know you're not a big person on stats for this. Uh, if you look at expected goals, we our expected goal is higher than every team we've played. So we have the chances. The chances are there. Just not finding the back of the net. Well,
1: you know, I was expected to be married ten years ago and I'm fucking not. Yeah, so. that's true. Right?
0: Yeah. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> yep.
1: You know. Okay, so who's your goal scores in this match for Palace? <laughs> for
0: I don't think Palace is gonna score. Oh, Palace can fuck right up. I see what I'm doing. <laughs>
1: Who are your goal scores for the match against <laughs> Palace?
0: Um, I'm gonna say that uh Ben Rama finds the back of the net. I think Skamaka finds the back of the net, and I think we've we comfortably win this one two, one. Unfortunately, I do think palace scores in the first half. And as we typically do, we'll come back charging for the second half uh, and score two to, to finish it out. What about you?
1: I, I have the same exact score line. Uh, I have a two, one of, uh, I think um, we score the first goal, but I think almost immediately after they score, take the wind of our sails, uh, we bounce back in the second half. We get a 70-75th minute goal to take a 2-1 lead. We see the game out from there. I see us winning 2-1. My goal scores in this game, I do think Skamaka will be the guy to score early. And I think if Fornals gets on the pitch at any point, he scores. Nice. I think he's hot right now. I like what he's doing. It's not going to be a pretty goal but it'll be something that he finds the net.
0: <laughs> it'll take a deflection yeah. off somebody. I was going to say with palace too, I could totally see us going up two nil at halftime. And then they score right after we come back from the break and then put us under pressure where there's just that second goal just <sighs> feels like it keeps coming. And we're just clenching our butts to the point that we're pre- we're crapping out diamonds.
1: Yeah. I'm about to say if, you know, if diamonds need to be mined, just find West Ham fans. We yeah. can, we can fucking create Got diamonds. Slew for of them. <laughs> Slews of them. Um, but yeah, that that's how I see the game finishing out. I, I think their goal score will be Eze or Zaha. There's no reason to go outside of those yeah. two. Um, I think Eze scores cause you know the West Ham curse, he was linked with us and we didn't get him. We bought do they still have Bowen.
0: that what's his name? Is it Ben TK? They uh Benteke.
1: Benteke, yeah.
0: I don't honestly know that answer. I'm about to say because I feel like I, he's he's the jackass they'll bring in off the yeah. bench. That'll get I honestly
1: goal. don't know if they have Benteke anymore, but I I don't feel like they do because I pretty sure I haven't seen his name on the score sheet this year. Watch, he's got four
0: goals or something crazy that we're oh, all unaware of. No, you know who he's playing for right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC, DC United. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to America. Welcome to America, my friend. So, yeah, so we won't have to be worrying about him uh, in this particular match. Yeah, but that's how I see it going. Uh, who's your man of the match? Uh, I mean, Declan Rice, right? Like, that's the easy pull. I think that he has he has progressively gotten better every single match uh, to the point that I wouldn't even say he's at previous levels. I think he's better now than even what he was last season. Uh, he's got to be the second name, if not the first name on the team sheet for the national team at this point. He's definitely the first name for our team. So, hands down, it's going to be Declan Rice.
1: I'm going to go um, if Lucas Paqueta is fit, he is man of the match. Ooh, nice. That's um, I think he will get one of the assists on the goal. I think the other one fucking could be a set piece. Who fucking knows how it happens, but it'll probably end up happening. Might even be an own goal.
0: Right, but, yeah.
1: Um, I think Paqueta will be man of the match. Um, if Paquetta is not fit, I do have to unfortunately agree with you. It'll
0: be. <laughs> unfortunately, I, uh, I don't want to agree. So we different. <laughs>
1: but when I look at the match, yeah. I mean, I could see it be Dawson. Like I could hundred percent see Dawson. Fuck it. I'm going
0: Dawson. Dawson. If it
1: ain't Paquetta, it's Dawson. He's going
0: to play out of his, out of his fucking oh, God, his it's shoes. It's Craig. It's yeah. Craig
1: fucking Dawson's big daddy. Daws, baby. Um, so that, that's how I see that going. So, now it brings us to everybody's favorite part of the show. It's time for our yellow and red cards. I'm going to start it off, Liam. Do it. Go for it. Here is my yellow cards. It's every goddamn opposing goalkeeper having the greatest game of their lives. If you watched the match today against FCSB, or FCSB, whatever the fuck their name is, the Romanian farmers that we played today, (laughs) Um, their goalie had the game of his life. We scored three goals. Should have been seven. Yeah. One of which was cleared off the line and goal line technology, had it have been available, was still disallowed it, but it would have been one of those moments. Yeah. And you're just watching it going, where did these guys come from that like they're having the game of their life against us? Fucking, you know, Liverpool's goalie. Yes, he's good. Allison is good. Yeah. But goddamn, really? De Gea, the game, the best game he's had in two years. Fucking blocking everything. It's just, I'm just sick and tired. Like, can we just start testing the goalies after all our matches for performance enhancing drugs, please? Yeah. Like, I swear they're doing crystal meth because they ain't afraid of shit before every game when they play us. They'll just get in front of anything. But God damn, that's frustrating. Who's your yellow card for?
0: My yellow card has to go to luck. We have just not had the ball <laughs> bouncing our way. And the times that we have been lucky, like with weird calls that we've gotten that maybe against a different side. We don't get that same call. Uh, it's, it's just been a, a little bit of a, a nightmare head shaker of a season. So I'm going to give you the yellow card to luck. We could really use it against crystal palace. So that's why I'm not giving it the red. What about for you? What's your red card?
1: My um, red card is going to go to every possible trying goal score for West Ham United. Fucking put the ball in the corner, put it in the side netting, stop hitting everything at the goddamn goalie. It's getting so ridiculous. like, Oh, like all, right, all right, last year just so the Fresno Irons, we own a bubble machine, and we set that bitch off every chance we get. Normally, right now because of the way the Premier League's going, we get to set off at the beginning of the game, and then depending on how we're feeling, that might be it. We might set it <laughs> off at the start of the second half. We might not. We normally set it off when goals are scored. Last year, I went through two bottles of bubbles. Nice. This year. I've got a new bottle for the season that's barely even dented and I'm so frustrated with it. And it's just like, God dang guys, come on, like work on your finishing, finishing practice, please put the ball away from the goalkeeper. Keep it low and next to him because he can't get down fast enough. Come the fuck on. We need to score some goals. All right. Right. Uh, watch your red card red Liam? card Hold- I, I, do, do I need to preface everybody here oh no, no okay we'll all, all right. right
0: I gotta give to the pundits man I'm so fucking sick of them just waxing lyrical like we got marched off the pitch Manchester United barely hung on for that win fucking, uh Liverpool at Anfield barely hung on for that win for that win and it's it's just nuts to me that every time these conversations come through we're barely mentioned. Like the chances are barely shown. It's just on repeat. The one fucking chance and the one goal that they scored. And it's the big six bias is is insane. Like they've even done it this season, where and they did it to us last season when we were in fourth place for the good majority of the beginning of the season, where they would only show the top three. They were showing like the top three again just to exclude Newcastle. You know what I mean? Or they'll do like the top five to try to exclude Brighton. Like it's ridiculous. The lengths that they go through, or uh, I think Liverpool was in like 11th place. So they literally showed teams one through 11. When have they ever shown that it's top 10 or bus, but like they go out of their way to try to show these fucking teams. And it's, I'm just, I'm over it, man. It's like, look, there's a changing regard. There are other teams now that are going to be competitive in those top roles. It's us. It's Brighton. It's Newcastle. It's, it's not the same top six anymore. And if you're going to fucking play that game, just show the top 10 all the time, show the top 10. And then that way, you know, Hey, here's your top four, here's your top six. But these are the, these are the teams that are coming for them. It's not that fucking hard.
1: Well, Liam, welcome to my life with women. You know, uh, I, I'm always on the list, but never at the top of it. That's true. So it's just, you're right. But, you know, with that, we want to say thank you to Tim and Lee for allowing us this opportunity to do the Bearded Bastards Radio here on American Hammers Network. Um, And if you find yourself in Fresno, California on this Sunday and you look at the clock and you're like, my God, it's 6 a.m. West Hammer playing. Come on down to Full Circle Brewing Company and watch with the loudest group in Fresno, the Fresno Irons. Um, and always remember your first beer is on us. Um, it's a big one for us. Can't get around it. It's it's Palace, it's a London Derby. We have to find a way uh to get three points. West Ham have to get back on track. We need to score goals. Liam knows it. I know it. Your dog fucking knows it. Um, <laughs> we've got to get this done. So Uh, With that, we say thank you once again for listening. Um, Man, and we'll try to be better. We'll try to be back on Uh, a regular schedule next week. Had a little bout of sickness, a little scheduling conflict, Um, but we're going to figure this out. So thank you so much for listening. Um, This is Tex and for Liam. And as always, come come on, you
0: irons. irons.